Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and all of our listeners out there. Uh, this is Jason, player of Tam West Crown off the Shield Bash podcast, welcoming you to another episode of the Shop Talk Show. This time we have Mr. Jason Lillis. And if you don't know who he is, I'm going to tell you right now, he is the inspiration for me to even start this process. And I know you didn't know that. I wanted to surprise you with it. <laughs> that is a surprise. Yeah. But about, I want to say about a year ago, we got a uh, notification on Twitter that somebody was retweeting our, our posts that we uh, were putting up episodes and had logged us into a, a listing of all the different uh, Paizoverse APs that were being run with the RSS feed and everything mm -hmm. like that. Mm -hmm. And without fail, you always get us. <laughs> you always hit up where it's like, hey... They posted another episode. Here yeah. they are. And you put together the cool little slideshow recently. I've noticed yeah. that. That's really cool. That's pretty fun, yeah. And you know, we try to shout you out on our podcast. I don't imagine you actually listen, have the time to listen to every single one of the podcasts that you are supporting because there's so many. I, I wish I could uh, live up to the myth uh, that I do, but sadly... Uh, no, uh, I am a stay-at-home dad, and there's only so much I can uh, I can have my headphones on while my kid is doing something else uh, to to listen to other things. So, yeah, I I try and give every podcast I find a a few to several episode listen if I can, just to just to see what all there it is that they're doing and sharing about. So I got to listen to Shield Bash a while back. Uh, very excited uh, for the adventure that you all are running. Uh, but sadly, no, I apologize. I'm not all the way caught up yet. Hey, yeah. I, I don't expect you to. I I mean, I have two small children myself around the same age as yours, so I, I get it. They you know need, how it goes, like, yeah. You can't, you can't leave them alone. Yeah, exactly. There's that uh, point that you hit where it's been quiet just a little too long, and yeah. you know that that's the moment to dash for them, yeah. You stop what you're doing, you look up, and you're like, <laughs> wait a minute. What part of the where house are they? are they in? Yeah, where are they in the apartment? Yeah. Did I just hear the refrigerator door? Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but that being said, it's one of the reasons why I wanted to get you on was yeah. because I wanted to be able to say, we really appreciate this. You're so you know? welcome. Yeah. yeah it is it is a fantastic thing. And then, you know, we've got our outline. Today's subject, Bashers, is going to be the community. It's kind of a broad subject, so it'll be kind of a vague topic, probably, for a lot of it, that we may start diving down some rabbit holes. But before we get too much into it, yeah. I wanted to ask you a few other questions. Um, sure. First off is, what motivates you to, to do all this? Is it just the boredom of being a stay-at-home dad? Which, by the way, <laughs> I am very jealous of. It is a thing that we had hoped to do before you know the economy kind of ruined our plans for that, and I ended sure. up being the the full-time uh, worker in the house, yeah. but what motivates you to yeah. spend the time to keep track? And like, quite frankly, we didn't reach out to you. You found nope. us. So you yeah. got to be looking for these things. I, I am. Yeah. So, uh, you know, storytelling has been just a huge part of my life throughout uh, as far as I can remember, right? Um, from the first uh, books that I got to read to um, getting to, uh, absorb uh, stories through gaming in different ways. Like that's always been something that I've been interested in, and for a long time, uh, it was it was fairly passive uh, that I got to do it. Uh, 
And then when Pathfinder came out back in uh, 09 with the beta test and the 10, I guess, around there, uh, I got to be part of that uh, initial like setup and got into a gaming group. And so Pathfinder is near and dear to my heart is the game that I primarily have been playing for the last uh, decade or so now. Um, but then once we had our child, I kind of had to give gaming up because uh, they're just the time evaporated and uh, my spouse was in a PhD program. Mm. Uh, and then uh, when she finished her program and we started moving, I got to finding a few podcasts that were out there for Pathfinder. I'd listened to a couple of actual plays uh, before that somewhat. Um, but uh, yeah, once uh, once I fully lived into being an at-home dad is when I started listening to them the most. And it was maybe a year into doing that that I actually started reaching out to and connecting with people in the actual play podcasting community, folks who are running Pathfinder and Starfinder adventures, and, and just found uh, wonderfully warm individuals who were absolutely thrilled that I was listening to them at all, right? Uh, that I wasn't a family member or a personal friend, uh, and that I had <laughs> I found that, yeah. yeah, and that I was listening. Uh, and so I had a lot of fun connecting with them and realized, you know, there isn't... Um, there isn't. There wasn't at the time someone out there who was really kind of collating all the information of all the different podcasts that exist. Uh, and while that's too much for one person to do for all of the tabletop role-playing game community, like if I tried to incorporate all the 5th edition Dungeons & Dragons podcasts out there, I'd just as soon stop before I started because there's almost no way you could track them all down. But I realized that for Pathfinder, here are some specific names of adventures that I could go looking for, like Rise of the Rune Lords or Serpent Skull, which you guys are doing, or um, uh, Shattered Star or uh, Giant Slater, of course, is a big one that's out there. Of course, um, yeah. Carrion Crown, we've got a lot of folks who are running that. So, uh, you know, with the right search terms, I was finding quite a few folks. Uh, and I found that Twitter was the best way to get that engagement in place. And so for a little bit, I did it under my personal account uh, for that. And then after a while, I started a new account that was primarily dedicated to following that space and uh, put together, uh, of all things, just a, a, a Google spreadsheet with a whole bunch of uh, links and names in it. And from there, I've uh, just had uh, a great joy. I don't know, like, why do I do this? I think a big part of it is that, for me, I'm I'm driven to create community wherever I am. And since I'm right now primarily stuck here in one place, right? Not stuck, well, right now, pandemic for few future people who are listening to this uh, thing that came out in the past was finding that I wasn't having a lot of in-person interaction with others or opportunities for community building. And I did a, ended up doing a ton of that digitally. And so it was about being able to make connections between podcasts like, hey, you're running this. Let me help you connect to this person who's running this other adventure. I think you guys would get along well and get to know each other. And the community really is, it's great. It's welcoming. Their folks are reasonable with each other. And it's not a super toxic part of the internet to interact with people who are creating these shows uh, for all of us to enjoy. Because at the heart of it, we all are storytellers. And that's what we want to share with each other, with our audiences. And that's where we want to... Uh, 
yeah, that's where we want to take it. So for me, it's just, you know, it's the the primary benefit is I get to kind of be the, the fan in the front row who's waving and jumping up and down excited. But I get to kind of like try to be that for everybody or for as many people as I want to. And if I if I can't be there for every moment that happens in their stories, I like to try and make sure that enough other people are going to find the actual play podcast set in the Paizoverse that is best for them, right? Like, I don't want to just say, oh, this is the podcast that has the most downloads out of all the podcasts that are out there, because that might not be the story that they want to listen to. So when folks ask for recommendations, I try to suss out, like, what are you looking for from a story? Because if you're looking for a gothic horror campaign, well, hey, here's Carrion Crown. Let's connect you with that, right? Ready-made. If you're looking for high adventure, okay, let's maybe talk about one of these other ones that's out there so yeah um it's just been really neat to to put together a community so that's a big part of why i do what i do yeah and it's reached quite a distance because i i found a few podcasts for when you you retweet us and things like that we will get follows from other actual play podcasts and i have found like that's how i got in contact with the dimension door podcast yeah and i started listening to them and then Listeners, you'll remember two weeks ago, uh, James Schwartz was on here. But I've also been reaching out to a bunch of others that have followed us through the same way. Most of them aren't Paizoverse podcasts. Awesome. Yeah, there's tons of 5th edition and yep. um, homebrew and just other game systems that are also tagged into what you're doing. Yeah. That have followed us for that reason, which oh, is great. fantastic. You know, yeah. you you focused here but it's 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 got its creeping little tendrils going out (laughs) that's great yeah well i'm so glad to hear that yeah 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 yeah. and a lot of those those other creators they've also like i've got i'm booked out until the end of next uh the end of march awesome for people to talk to already fantastic i've got a bunch of other people that are like well when can we do this and i'm like well (laughs) i'll talk to you in march because i i don't know at this point it's too far sometime soon hopefully yeah yeah Yeah. yeah. (laughs) but the other thing i want to talk about the community you mentioned it is it is a great thing yeah now we here at shield bash we most of us are also the ones who are tied into the the Farmageddon Game Convention. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember seeing that on your website when I first heard about y'all, and uh, and I'm realizing that despite being a Midwesterner, I don't actually know every other human that lives in the Midwest. It's it's a nice myth about uh, living <laughs> living in the central states, but uh, not exactly true. Yeah, but yeah. I mean, the big thing we run into here in Illinois is if you say you're from Illinois, everybody thinks you mean Chicago. And right. you have to remind yeah. them there is a rest of the state. But <laughs> There's a whole lot more state. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I got... I, it was about 2000, late 2010, early 2011 when I started playing Pathfinder specifically. Mm-hmm. And I want to say it was 2013. There, here in central Illinois, there is a convention called Winter War. Mm. And it is it has more seasons, more years than any other convention in Illinois. Nice. And I mean, we're talking like it's at Winter War forty eight. So like Gen Con is barely Ooh, above. Pretty it. close, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I started going there, and I just I met so many people, mm-hmm. and 
besides the fact that this is a pandemic year, normally, within about a 50-mile radius of us, we have our convention, Farmageddon, mm-hmm. Winter War, Heroicon, nice. Lexicon, Flatcon, <laughs> and That's great. D8 Summit. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. Like, there's, there's six conventions <laughs> within 50 miles. Like That's it, great. Yeah, and it's you, you get to meet the people. Mm-hmm. Um, we were we are probably going to end up um, talking to one of the organizers for Lexicon later, and Sweet. you know, it's it's the gaming community in general. It seems like yeah. that has a certain level, of, and obviously, it's not everybody. Everybody's heard the stories about the toxic people and the gatekeepers, and yeah, everybody has those horror stories. But it has been my experience, in a general sense, that you know everybody's really accepting. Allison, if you ever listen to this, you're part of that. Like you are one of the reasons why I got into this is because she was there to help pull and you know nurture all of us little baby gamers who didn't really know what they were doing and be like, okay, here you go. Let me hold your hand and walk you through what you need and yeah, help you. You know, oh, you're studying a convention. Well, let me hold your hand for that too. And then like, yeah. okay, you take your first steps and go off on your own, little baby bird. <laughs> That's great. Yeah, and That's it's great. it is a a fantastic experience. Yeah. Um, what are some of the best ways that you know mm-hmm. for people to get connected into the community? Sure. So a uh, big part of that really depends on where you are and what depth of social media engagement you want to have. So that's uh, for me, because I am probably not hauling my kid to most of the game stores that are here in town, though I did before the pandemic hit. I took her once and she uh, uh, didn't get dice, but she got one of these Chessex sets of little tokens that you can use for mm-hmm. like uh yeah as they were probably for magic or something like that but uh she loves them she still uses them for math class um but let's say in a non-pandemic world in a non-pandemic world we'll right then we'll go into a pandemic yeah, yeah 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 so one of the ways that i initially got connected with pathfinder was playing in organized play uh with the pathfinder society and i had a lot of fun doing that i had a really great group that i played with that wasn't just interested in powering through the scenarios as quickly as possible or necessarily having everyone show off the most perfect builds of characters as they did it it, we had a lot of fun with the stories, and sometimes we just played way, way too long <laughs> on, on some nights. Um, so uh, one of the things that I like to recommend to folks is if they can, to find a way to play an organized play experience. Um, and if they need help doing that right now, one of the great things that Paizo is doing is that they're, uh, they are helping connect folks uh, digitally and remotely with each other uh, to get organized play games going. Or you'll find a lot of the folks who run Pathfinder and Starfinder podcasts will actually host some of their own uh, Pathfinder Society or Starfinder Society games uh, through some of their uh, Discord channels, Discord, uh, uh, the micro chat, micro social media server, I guess you'd call it, uh, as a way of helping folks connect. And so that's a that's a great way to do that. But um, I know the the Find the Path podcast does a lot of that. Yeah, they do. They do, do Discord I, specifically. 
Yep, this uh, this past summer I, I played a, a few of those um, as play by post games, and then after a while I just said, "Well, I I gotta I gotta bow out of this. It's one more thing I don't need." Um, but yeah, I like to follow a lot of folks on Twitter is where I primarily engage with the community uh, in terms of the folks who are creating games uh, who are cr- like both the uh, podcasters who are out there telling the stories, but then also the um, the folks from Paizo themselves who are going to be uh, uh, the folks from Paizo uh, as well who are you know writing these games that we love and writing these adventures and being able to connect with them. Um, so I, I try to, one of the ways that I help folks connect with podcasts on Twitter is I have a couple of lists that are up there uh, that folks can click through and find uh, as a way to connect with the individual shows. And then from there, being able to connect with other people who are fans of that show just by following them or engaging with that, uh, I like to try and uh, put all of that together. If I had you know, uh, way more time and uh, a bit more technical know-how, I'd love to build a, a website out someday that that had this a little more nicely laid out instead of like, oh, the spreadsheet's here, but the Twitter lists are here and the Instagram's over there and you can kind of follow it if you go there. But um, just finding ways to pull that all together. Uh, yeah, but uh, I think the biggest trick with building that community is the initial saying hello to somebody else right because it's usually trying to connect with someone that you've never met before or maybe you've only heard their voice and uh it's this really strange way of creating friendships right where you're saying like well, hey, you don't really know anything about me, and I only kind of know a little bit about you, but can we talk about this thing that we both know a lot about, or if we don't know a lot about it, we at least enjoy a lot, and we can share some uh, good vibes around that particular uh, shared enjoyment there. So, so yeah, I think, um, uh, yeah, I, that's, that's where I have gone thus far to create community, and it's worked out so far. Yeah. And listeners, if you're looking for your local organized play, obviously, most of your friendly local gaming stores aren't going to be hosting right now. They can probably put you in contact with who is, though. You can also check Warhorn, Roll20. They both have, you know, event listings. Paizo itself. Uh, I personally play a couple play-by-posts on Paizo. Uh, if you're into other, like, 5th edition, wizard, dnd.wizards.com. Or just you know LFG word searches, or I almost guarantee somebody you know plays. That's probably true at this point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I have had so many people over the years at my job be like, "So, what is Dungeons and Dragons? What? <laughs> how do you?" And describing it to them is very difficult. But mm-hmm. if, if you have found us and are listening, then you probably you should know what this game is, mm-hmm. and you should know have at least a basic idea of how it's played yeah and you probably know the sort of person who plays it yeah but that being said you know uh if a web search doesn't do it for you and you don't know anybody find a convention too mm-hmm. you know a local convention to be able to and just go ask the organizers because i guarantee a small convention especially those guys are going to want to get as many people involved as possible because yeah. we run this stuff because it's our passion and we want to share that with you totally you know, it's that's what the community is about is that shared passion because you can't play this game by yourself it is a community experience a social thing 
Mm-hmm. And we want we want everybody here. And it's like Jason, the other Jason, uh, <laughs> yeah, said the one with the shiny ear uh, headphones. Yeah, <laughs> Jason Lillis and I had never spoken before. I had yep. never spoken to you know. I like I said, I've been reaching out to podcasts all over the map. I'd never spoken to any of them before. But I'm just like, hey, I love the game. Do you love yeah. the game? Do you want to yeah. talk about gaming? Because about I want to talk about it. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. Then, you know, just dives in just dives in (laughs) yeah it's great stuff and like you said i i especially liked what you were sharing there about reaching out to uh your smaller local conventions too because those are the folks who already know who the uh for lack of a better term who are the good apples in the gaming community that might be open to a new player uh coming in and and getting to experience the game yeah yeah absolutely and they also probably just have some first-hand knowledge of like hey Jim's, you know, cousin just moved out and they got a space at their table. Right. You know? Yeah. 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 Let's see if we can help make that connection. Yeah, yeah. totally. And I know with the conventions I go to, like I said, we got a lot in the area. Mm-hmm. I see the same, like, I see, like, hey, these 12 people, I see them at every convention. I see a bunch of other people too, which is mm-hmm. one of the, one of the things I love is meeting these new people. Yeah. There was, uh, a girl that I started seeing, a lady, I should say, we went to high school together. Nice. Yeah, yeah. a couple of years apart, but it was like, hey, I know you. Yeah. Surprise! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there was a, another girl, uh, I keep saying that, I apologize, another lady who, you know, I met at a convention, and she was telling a story about how she tried to get, she moved to the area and tried to get into playing 5th edition, because that's what she'd played before she moved, and you know, she went to the local game store and it was a nightmare. She yeah. just had a real bad experience where, you know, the yeah. whole like, oh, you're a girl, so you can only play a girl sort of mentality. And yeah, one of the other people over at the Pathfinder table stood up and walked over and said, hey, why don't you come over here and play with us? And, wow, you know, she, you know, a year later is running organized play at conventions. That's awesome. Yeah. We gained nothing but gain from that yeah. because... Yeah, she does a good job. She had fun, and it was all it took was not being a dick. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It is. It is funny to think about just the the vast uh, variety of experiences that people have when they they go out to try and make that initial conversation moment with others to see like what would it be to step into step into that uh, into somebody else's table into somebody else's game even for just a drop in for a night or something like that so so yeah it can take uh some extra courage it can take a little bit of research uh as well to look into a space and see or even just going and asking hey can i listen in for a few minutes to see if this is going to make sense to me uh to join uh are these you know are the kinds of jokes these people are telling at the table the kinds of jokes that i want to be around you know uh, those those kinds of things too so that a uh, person doesn't have to you know compromise who they are to participate in a hobby they want to enjoy uh let's help you find the people that are going to make uh the best those best connections so yeah 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 yeah, yeah. and that, i mean that is one thing we we try to be uh pretty upfront about with our podcast specifically yeah. is uh we don't make clean jokes like we're, <laughs> we're a very adults only podcast and for some people that's just not what they want and we're, sure you know we make no apologies but you know we also uh we want to make sure you're aware of it ahead of time yeah so what you said about you know like topics and stuff it can be an important you know when you don't know 
what's happened in people's pasts. You got to remember, sure. you know, that part of the community is also important where it's like, okay, you, you don't know who this person is. You don't right. know, you know, what traumas they've dealt with in the past, you know, yeah. what may set off something in their head. Try to be, you know, that level of respect for it, which is nice. Yeah, yeah. I have every once in a while, I'll see somebody asking something like, what's your best advice uh, for someone who's going to be a first-time game master or first-time dungeon master or something like that? And I'm remembering that there were some, uh, there are some research, uh, relationship researchers out there. Uh, uh, John Gottman is his name. Um, I had to read a bunch of his stuff for a job I had several years back. Um, and he talked about relationship advice and the two most important things in a, in a relationship being uh, kindness and generosity. And I cannot imagine two better terms for how to best approach what it is to run a game for a group of other individuals where you're inviting them into this shared storytelling opportunity where you're saying, how are we going to build this world together with each other so that we can uh, have something that we all enjoy walking into. Not that it's never going to be perilous or not that bad things are never going to happen to the characters that are in the story because otherwise it would just be creating utopias and it'd it'd get boring pretty quickly. Um, But we can, even though we might create perilous situations for others or for their characters, we're not creating them for the people around the table. Right, we're creating a, a space where they feel safe to tell a story with us. So, yeah, that's absolutely the absolutely what we can can and should be doing for people who want to come join us in this game. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And listeners, we will get deeper into the the social contract, uh, as it were, on probably a later episode. Well, definitely a later episode because it is a thing that I yeah. I really agree with, and yeah. but you'll notice that. That undertone that came up in the last one too—that communication is important. That being said, what? Um, let's then move into the the post. Uh, the I guess not post. The during pandemic connections. Sure. Yeah. Obviously, you know we've mentioned you. You run a Twitter account, which is mm-hmm. fantastic. Find yeah. you a lot of people. Yeah. But how do you find is the best way to play a game when you can't sit down with somebody? Sure. Yeah, yeah. So uh, all of my games right now uh, currently use the Roll20 virtual tabletop as how I connect with uh, the players in my game um, and the game that I'm playing in. Uh, it's it's one of many virtual tabletop options that are out there. Uh, it's the one I started using about a decade ago when I was initially researching some of these things. So it uh, it was not a difficult one for me to keep up with how to use. And I think it's it's continued to get better. Um, though I know that there's also Foundry uh, Virtual Tabletop is out there. Astral is another. Um, and there are there are so many that are uh, that are out right now and even more that are going to continue coming out. So um, I am really excited for what the how the pandemic is going to really ramp up what's possible for people like me like so when i finally got back to playing after my kid was born 
it was only virtually because there was the way my spouse's schedule was working. There was no way I was going to be able to say like, okay, honey, thanks for the night off. Uh, I'll be back in six or seven hours. Once I finish, uh, once I get to the store, get everything set up, do this whole session with my friends and then come back. Um, uh, this way I, you know, just had to make sure my kid was falling asleep, uh, on at bedtime or at least close enough to it. Uh, and then I just went and, uh, got to set up on the remote game. So for me playing remotely is something I've been doing for a few years now. And it's, it feels, uh, pretty easy to me. One of the big things to get set up is figuring out how you're going to do uh, voice chat with each other. Uh, if you're going to use something like Skype so you can see each other's faces, that's awesome. Um, if you're not, uh, you can use uh, Discord is a free service that's out there where you can create your own server um, just for that game. And one of the things I really like about that is that you're not only creating a voice channel for each other to talk to, but you can also create text channels individual journals for each of the characters, each of the players, uh, so they can track some of their uh, their own data in that space. Um, shared chat that operates outside of the actual game session, so that if there are some downtime things you want to be doing that aren't necessarily, quote-unquote, the most exciting stuff, uh, like shopping if you don't want a shopping episode of your show for whatever reason, or, um, or not show, I guess, session, gaming session, right? Um, but yeah, how do we, uh, how do we help folks make sure that they've yeah. got... Um, yeah, uh, so like, yeah. with the people that you play with, yeah. did you already know all of them? Actually, no, I didn't. Uh, I was on a Discord channel, a Discord server for another actual play podcast and uh it was right when the pathfinder playtest for second edition was coming out it was late summer of 2018 and uh or summer of 2018 and i knew it was coming out and, and as soon as it arrived uh i reached out on that server and said hey i would love to run some of this adventure so i can't like we're gonna be looking at having to look up rules we're going to have to, you know, dive into a bunch of different things. I'm going to have to trust that you've looked up stuff for your character, but let me try and run this uh, for us. And so I had uh, five or six uh, individuals right back that they were interested in playing. And so we got through the first scenario uh, and it went uh, all right. And then we were going to go to the second scenario for the play test and a couple folks dropped. We picked up a couple others uh, and then we got to the third scenario and by then we uh we had a group that was like okay i think we can keep going with this we can we can uh nobody dropped off then for the fourth scenario or the fifth or the sixth or the seventh so uh by then we realized okay oh, uh, by then we realized that if we were um still uh still all interested and willing to play together by that point we actually probably had a pretty good crew uh yeah. together so um yeah so that was all folks there are some of those folks i've still never seen their faces um because we've only played voice chat um i think they've seen my face i'm not sure i've met one of them in real life at uh just by uh happening to both be at the same uh gaming thing uh that was happening and, but otherwise, uh, yeah, it's been an entirely online and audio-only experience uh, with these folks. Yeah, if you uh, if you did 
ha- for whatever reason, happen to yeah. lose one of your players, yeah, how do you think you would go about finding a replacement player? That's a great question. Uh, so right now our table's kind of big, to be honest. So uh, I'm also running uh, Serpent Skull, uh, but I'm converting it to second edition. Uh, so it's a little bit um, of an experiment there as well. But I have six players at the table right now. And it's... As do we. Yeah, it's a full table. It's tricky. Um, uh, I think uh, I love them all, and I can't uh, imagine having any of those players uh, decide that they were done with the game uh, and stepping out. Though it's it's happened uh, with our uh, with another table I'm at, where um, person just said, "Look, I I've got too much going on right now. I can't carry on with this." And so we went from six players to five players and, and the GM. So the recommendation um, is just start with enough that if you lose somebody, you don't have to find somebody else. <laughs> you don't necessarily need to. Yeah, and I think you know I think that also gets at the heart of like what is my what's my role as a GM if I'm in charge of the game. It's not to say, well, here's what the adventure says. So obviously, we have to encounter this many, this many constrictor uh, snakes in the next uh, five minutes, or otherwise the entire adventure path falls apart. Right? Like, you know, you, you do what you can. Um, it's my job to make the adventure interesting for the characters that are currently in the story and currently committed to the story. And it's not my job to say, oh, well, it's on you guys to have a rogue to be able to do these things. It's not on me to, you know, adapt this adventure to, you know, just make it challenging in a different way for you. So um, thankfully, you know, with six players, uh, you've got pretty much every base of the game covered by that point. Uh, And if they were to drop a couple of folks, what I would want to do as the GM for that is to look at the adventure and evaluate, okay, where... Where, what is something that's coming up in this game that they're simply not going to be able to succeed at? Like, have no chance of succeeding at. And those things no longer need to be part of that adventure, mm. in my mind. I, I would simply take them out. Um, if we were to get, if we were to have players step away and and then maybe later we decided we wanted to reach out and have somebody else come in, awesome. We would do it, I bet. Um, because... We all know more people who would probably be interested in playing if we asked them. So it, it wouldn't be hard. I don't think it would be hard, uh, but that's also who we are in the kind of communities that we create and that that we that we're part of. Yeah, that is largely how I have found a lot of the people I play with. Is I I start I meet somebody and they're like you know they're interested, but then yeah. if we need somebody else, they're like I know somebody I think that would be interested, and you know we I, I got my. I joke with my wife that it was our first date was a D&D game. Nice. And through her, I got her brother playing. Oh, that's I, for a short time, got her other brother playing. Yeah. Through the, the first brother, I got his best friend playing. <laughs> and now his you know, that friend's wife plays. Yeah. And you know, we just we just like collect everybody in. And she's like, come on, it's warm in here. We're friendly and we yeah. have snacks. Come play yeah. with us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Let's tell a story together. Absolutely. My wife is off camera laughing at me. I'm going to point out the, 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 the parallels of our lives. You mentioned that your wife is going through a PhD program when you had your first kid and yeah. it you know, changed everything. Same. Similar. Yeah. yeah. Similar experience. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, Almost. She was, she was going through a PhD program when we had our first kid and sure. you know, it, it changed a lot of our lives. Yeah. So, but 
that being said, the the so you got started on Discord. You moved yeah. into Roll Twenty. We are with our podcast. We're still meeting in in person mm-hmm. with one of our games. One of the guys we play with. He's a surgeon, so he can't sure. risk anything. Yeah. So we've done a mix of uh, Facebook Messenger video calls, mm-hmm. and you know, so sometimes you see the face, sometimes you don't, depending on the camera. Sure. And I personally, when I was running, uh, I was running Shattered Star. Uh, book mm-hmm. one, and I was using Google Drawing for the maps and the tokens and putting everything on there. All that's completely free. Um, yeah, the Discord yeah, completely yeah. free. Skype yep. free. Roll twenty is free. We do a thing where we trade off DMs. Yep. Eight, when we run APs, it's book by book. Mm-hmm. So one of the other guys is taking over. He's going to run Roll twenty. He is paid and gotten all the maps and stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, all the fancy pre-built doesn't have to do as much work fantastic yeah. but for him still free for me yep yeah, yeah yeah and we are we find ourselves in a similar situation where we were down to four people mm-hmm. nobody's work schedule changed they couldn't meet yeah and so we we had to kind of reach out and, and find somebody and it was like wait i know this person yeah and she play hey yep hey are you, you wanna, interested hey yeah give us a hug yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah. I realize now saying it that way, it sounds kind of creepy. It was a very polite way of saying, like, hey, <laughs> you know, I've gamed with you before at conventions. You yeah. do a good job. Do you want to do this? It's virtual, so it's easy. Yeah. Can you can you participate in this where you are with a low barrier for entry? Yeah. Yes. And for those yeah, of you with kids like the two Jasons here, you know, my kids are four and six. And mm-hmm. when we game... We have to pause, so I was like, get my kids dinner and put them to bed. And, yep. you know, we just, we everybody knows that one of the other guys, he's got two kids, and they're even yeah. younger than mine. So we all just kind of have a similar, like, okay, this is the time where we break, and everybody goes to have, grab some food. This is the yeah. time where we break and, you know, go do whatever while the parents put their kids to bed. Yeah. 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 It's, uh, it's, it's a fun thing to, to figure all that out. Like, one of our players got a... Um, got a new job a couple of months ago and so our our but it's funny we're we're spread out across the entire country i'm on the east coast this person's on the the west coast and uh we're already like pushing our start time to being about 8 30 eastern time and she was like uh, i might not be able to start making it until about nine and i was like okay so my my gaming nights are like nine to midnight for me, yeah. and they like it's pretty late some nights, but yeah. uh, but uh, they're they're great. Um, it's just uh, it's it's interesting. Like it was a lot easier when I lived in Central Time uh, Zone to uh, keep up with everybody um, to make that work. But yeah, you got and you got to roll with it, right? Like if you want to tell the games, these the stories that you want to be yeah. a part of, got to roll with it. So yeah, yeah. no, I yeah. Know. I've seen a lot of people bow out because they they don't have the time to play. And but for me, it's like I I make the time because this is like my favorite thing. Yeah, you know, yeah. And it's the reason why. I, like I've got two home groups and a podcast, and now I'm doing this thing. And we right. run a convention, and I like yeah. to go to the other conventions. And it's just I love it. I love it all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. totally. You know, and and I have no problems giving support to Paizo because they just seem like. My story for Paizo was 2013 mm. Gen Con, right? Mm-hmm. I'm standing in line at the Paizo booth in the, the exhibition hall, yep. and the line is, like, I'm in that line for like an hour. Wild, right? yeah. I met and talked to Neil Spicer, 
in yeah. The yeah, yeah, he's just yeah. standing there. Yep. I, uh, I'm talking to the couple behind me. They're from Denver. Yep. While we're standing there, this lady comes out of the the big makeshift cardboard you know booth that they got. She's yep. whistling and racking, uh, putting things on the racks and stuff. And mm-hmm. I just looked at him. I'm like, Is that Lisa Stevens? Yep. <laughs> Stocking shelves. <laughs> and it was. I got yep. to talk to Lisa Stevens. Yeah. I doubt she remembers me, but I remember talking to the CEO of Paizo as she was stocking yeah. shelves in the middle yep. of JetCon. Yep. Like all all hands on deck. Yeah. 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 I will but, admit, you know, we we understand that we do not run the sort of podcast that they would probably ever promote because, you know, reasons, but you know, they they seem just like good solid people and yeah. we're, they make a damn fine product, quite frankly. They do, they do, and I, it, uh, you can, you can say that, but I, I will say I have had, um, I have seen some great things from their um, social media manager currently, uh, who is uh, interested in helping make sure that as much of the Paizoverse stuff that's out there and getting, getting created, um, obviously they're going to put some primary, uh, primary uh, marketing. Uh, oomphs behind their partners who are creating uh, stuff in the space who have a licensed relationship business agreement with them uh, but at the same time they recognize that there are a lot of people who are out there who are just doing this for fun doing it because they love the game and doing it because they love sharing that with others um, and they're not going to shut everybody out of that so yeah they're, yeah. they're, they're great folks who are very kind to uh, look at some of the stuff I've created on on Twitter for followers and uh, and for sharing about shows and things like that, and be able to help uh, share some of that information uh, as it comes up. So, yeah, it's neat stuff. It's neat to see. I'm 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 curious to see how the community is going to continue growing uh, in the coming year because I think I think once we step out of pandemic mode uh hopefully for a long long time um we can uh we can see a lot of folks just you know bursting with creativity uh and with the kinds of stuff that they're going to create with the systems going forward so 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 obviously on our on the paizo end there's Mm -hmm. glass cannon like anybody who listens to a bunch of paizo stuff you've heard glass cannon Mm -hmm. and um you know androids and aliens and then Paizo has their own the um, uh, the one that Eric Mona runs. I can't remember. They've got their oh, own like podcast do you mean, video. Uh, Band of Brothers or Band of Bravos, I should say, is the one. Uh, uh, Jason Bullman. Uh, oh, runs. sorry, Jason Bullman. Yep. Runs. Okay, nope, that's fine. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and then um, there was uh, before that there was the uh, Oblivion Oath that uh, Jason was running as a Jason Bullman was another Jason was running as a uh, as a lunch hour game for some yeah. of his uh, Paizo uh, yeah. co-workers uh, I, I, that was a great I'm thinking show. Knights yeah. of the Everflame for some oh reason. yeah so that's yeah. that's also a, a show that um, Jason Bullman produced with the folks at um, uh, Geek and Sundry and pulled together a really just stellar uh, cast, professional cast uh, for that. And uh, they did two seasons of their show. It's a fantastic second ed- Pathfinder 2nd Edition story uh, that actually builds off of the Crypt of the Everflame mm-hmm. module. Uh, if anyone has anyone out there has played that, it's one of the classics. One of the first released for uh, Pathfinder 1st Edition. Once it I was think it was the first, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. 
right there at the beginning. So uh, a great module, uh, a great one to convert on the fly to Pathfinder 2nd Edition if someone was so interested. Yeah. Um, in yeah. fact, in Glass Cannon, they ran that module in 2nd Edition. They did, uh, yeah, during the playtest. The play yeah, yeah, that was that was, that was a fun listen uh, to get to see. And, uh, and a way for me to introduce one of my friends uh, to to Pathfinder as well was to be able to share that with them. But but yeah, uh, Glass Cannon's one of the, the uh, bigger names in Paizover's uh, podcasting yeah. and streaming that's out there, but uh, and then I know on, he's the only one. Yeah. Oh, yes, yes. And then on on the 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 fifth edition side everybody knows critical role like sure. you know they yep. it, it's hard to be in this industry and not have at yeah. least heard of them because they're yeah. just you know i personally don't listen to them but they are rampantly popular yeah so let's lead to the question there's obviously been like a uh, say a renaissance of sure. ttrpgs you yeah. know we've got there's a lot of famous people yep. out there who mm-hmm. you know have come forward Everywhere from people who are unrepentant nerds like Stephen Colbert to you know, Joe Manganiello and Vin Diesel, who are the play the tough guy actors, but then also love to you know nerd out. And then yeah. comedies, you know, comedians like Vince Vaughn. Yep. How much do you think is the well, let's say the the percentage of re increased popularity of mm-hmm. because it's more available? You yeah, know, it's a spotlight shown on it, and the internet makes it more available. Versus, just the games are better. <laughs> sure, um, that is a great question. I think that the popularity and influence of it. There's two things that I'm seeing. One of the things I'm seeing is that yes, there's definitely the effect of beautiful production value shows are catching a lot of eyeballs and bringing a lot of attention to a hobby that for a long time uh, was one that was maligned by a good part of the country, right? Like as something that right-thinking people don't participate in. Okay, thanks. Sure. I guess I'll take I'll take that badge of honor that I'm not right-thinking. That's perfectly fine by me. Um, no puns intended. Right, no puns intended at all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, just, uh, <laughs> oh man, I'm not going to go there. Um, <laughs> but, uh, I so I think that a lot of this uh, high production value stuff that's out there is definitely, uh, it's catching a lot of eyeballs, like I said, and um, it's drawing a lot of attention. I mean, I think that that is one of the things that kickstarts a lot of it. Uh, and then uh, I think people actually get into the stories and start playing them and they get to explore the the creative possibilities of a particular system. And then they'll also run into the, the limits of that system as well. Like they'll say, oh... D&D and Pathfinder, I mean, for as many and wonderful stories as they can create, their primary goal is uh, combat management, tactical management. Uh, and so yep. for a lot of players who love those games, like that's that's one of the things that they really, really enjoy about it. Um, it's not to say that you can't run a social campaign or an intrigue campaign of some type with them. It's just that it's going to take a bit more work from the from the person who is running the game if they're if they're going to pull something like that off. Yeah, it's um, just not what the basic design of the game is for. Right. Yeah. 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 And so I think it's it's not necessarily that these games are so much better, 
but it's that through these games and through this um, through this lens that's uh, that's being trained upon them, upon these highly produced shows or not so highly produced shows, depending on who's out there. I mean, you can see any night that you log on to a service like Twitch, you're going to be able to find somebody streaming their game somewhere, uh, and it might not have all the glitz and glamour of a of a Hollywood produced style show like some of them Seven do. Seven professional voice actors and a million dollar Right, budget. yeah. Sitting around a table. Yeah, exactly. Um, not everyone has access to those resources and that's fine because what you want to be doing is telling your story and sharing your story and, you know, uh, setting the goals that you want to share there for those shows. So I think, um, I think all that's to say that one of the things that having that kind of spotlight on gaming is that it's also by effect lifting up other games that exist too that fill different uh different roles if you will uh within tabletop role-playing and yeah. so uh like you can Fate, powered by the apocalypse dread you know other right. role systems that are going to be a little more loose let you tell a, a different t- kind of story in, or in a different way yeah, 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 yeah. Or stories from marginalized creators that are out there, uh, folks who the industry might not necessarily give a huge platform for uh, to begin with, and so we want to see uh, them get elevated too. Uh, so yeah, I think, uh, and a lot of indie creators who are out there who just do not have the publishing reach uh, that even Paizo has, much less uh, that Wizards of the Coast has. So I think... Um, Yeah, I think you're seeing a combination of things. I think the spotlight that is lifting up a variety of games for folks to play. Um, And I I particularly really enjoy Pathfinder, Starfinder, and Pathfinder 2nd Edition as games that I play. But, um, you know, I played an awesome one-page one uh, as a one-shot called Lasers and Feelings uh, one Mm. day. And the author of it is escaping me, so my apologies. Uh, I'll have to track that down later. But... Um, I know you just, can find a lot of those through like drive through RPG and River yep. Horse games and stuff exactly. like that. I I know the the only other game system I actively run is for my my two little girls love My Little Pony. And of course. So we play the Tales of Equestria role playing awesome. game. <laughs> yeah. That's fantastic. It, it they yeah. love it and I love that they love it. Yeah. That's fantastic. Yeah. So yeah, I think a lot of these other games are are getting created. And and then you've hit upon something else uh, right there too, is that I think a lot of parents our age or roughly or a little older, right? Kids are a little bit older, are also looking at these games as opportunities for their kids to grow in their own um, their own understanding of how to create social content contracts within groups right like so here in the city uh, there's a game store that's not too far away from here and i think their primary business model is based on running after school programs for kids who come in and game for hours and hours uh after fantastic after school yeah they they run these uh programs uh for these kids um if the pandemic hadn't been about to hit i was gonna i was thinking about going and talking to them about some pathfinder second edition stuff here we are, right? Uh, yeah. But I think that, yeah, I think that a lot of families are looking at this as an opportunity to share something about how they as families want to tell stories and not just how 
uh, God, I, I I feel like I can freely say neckbeards because I'm almost one of them right now, thanks to the pandemic, and I've got the ponytail to go with it too. Um, but yeah, uh, you know, some some folks who are only like uh, micromanaging numbers on a chart to see if they can have the most effective battle strategy. Like, the, there's yeah. so much more to the game now than there was, and I think that that's like it's finding an outlet in popular media stuff that. Um, yeah, and well, and let's not discount uh, the reach of a show like Stranger Things on Netflix. Now, obviously, not everyone's got a Netflix account. Not everyone who does is going to watch that show, but tons of people did. And when they did, they saw these kids playing that game and said, "Wow, that look at what they're able to do with that." I wonder if I could do that with my friends. And I, and I think that that really sparks a lot of folks' imaginations. Yeah. Yeah. One of the guys I, I game with on a regular basis, when he watched that, he was that age yeah. at that time in history. So he yeah. was watching it and just being like, yeah, that's right. Like, that, that is what I was doing at that yep. age. And that's, yep. you know, the clothes people were wearing. <laughs> and that's, that's what that experience felt yeah. like to him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I think, uh, I think that it wouldn't have been too far off from it you know, too much earlier than when I was growing up as well. And it's something very similar. Yeah. Something very similar. And I know there are a lot of systems out there that I would love to try. Oh yeah. You know, um, I've heard a couple podcasts run inspectors and mm-hmm. like, that seems like a lot of fun powered by the apocalypse seems yeah. really cool. Yep. Uh, but I, I can't, you know, I can't, I just don't have time to run yeah. or play everything. Yeah. So one of the ways that I found is through other podcasts. Um, yep. You know, obviously most people are playing Fifth Edition or um, you know a po- one of the three Paizo systems, right? But uh, for you listeners, this is you know a shameless plug for another podcast. There's one out there called Critical Hit. Yeah, they've been running for ten years at yeah. least, and I've heard them. They started off; they're primarily a Fourth Edition podcast. Yep. Don't give it a hate. That's what was out at the time. Yeah. But I've heard them play Pathfinder, uh, a Cthulhu system, Inspectors. Um, They're on Starfinder now at the yeah, moment, I think. Yeah. yeah. Um, they started a Starfinder game, and they they played... They played um, Fate for a while there, where they yeah, made the comic book um, heroes. Yeah. Yes, the um, the Century City one that Brian yep. ran, that was fantastic. Yeah. And yeah. I think they played two different of the Powered by the Apocalypse versions. Mm-hmm. So it's like, you can, even if you don't want to listen to the fourth edition, you can go through the feed and find other types of, of games that they're playing yeah. and, and listen to them and you know, experience them that way. And yeah you know kind of be a bigger part of the community because you yeah. know a little bit yeah totally yeah i remember um finding that podcast gosh back in 2012 yeah 2011 2012 something in that range and just just binging so many of those episodes uh and getting through a whole lot of that i think i got up to like episode 150 or 200 or something like that and then i just was like i i got so busy with work i was doing at the time it it went off to the side i wasn't able to keep going with it but uh but yeah i saw recently that they finally finished that story that they that fourth edition story uh and it just made me be like maybe i 
Maybe I do. Maybe I do have time to go listen to this. Cause 500 you, episodes. Yeah, 500 episodes. Yeah, because they're just... It's so interesting as a medium right now as well because you don't see a whole lot of shows that have done an entire adventure all the way to completion yet. Nor do we know how long that would take uh, a whole lot of podcasts to do, right? So um, I think uh, you mentioned the Glass Cannon earlier. I mean, I think that they are coming up on probably somewhere around 300 or slightly over 300 episodes to get through one Pathfinder adventure path. I don't think they, I don't think a listener should necessarily expect that every podcast is going to run that long, nor, you know, should they expect that uh, another podcast couldn't take uh, an adventure even longer. So yeah, there's Starfinder one, uh, the androids and aliens, and I, you know, I don't have a lot of experience with Starfinder APs, mm-hmm. but they are starting book four, and they're not even like they're at like episode one fifty. Yeah. So yeah. the the those Starfinder ones seemed a lot shorter. They, they especially Dead Suns initially, uh, that first one there only goes up. Uh, I want to say it it leaves characters at level thirteen at the end of the story, and one of the things that uh, Paizo has, you know, so for so long. Uh, Paizo has been creating these six volume adventure paths. Uh, it's yep. been, tw- you know, it's been uh, 10 plus years uh, of doing that. Um, and when Starfinder came out, uh, they didn't do six months in a row of releases. They did one every other month for a year because they didn't actually know how well it was going to sell. And of yeah. course, they showed up to Gen Con and Starfinder sold out almost immediately. Like they had to desperately go get more <laughs> copies somewhere. Um, but yeah, yeah no, they started doing the six and three and six and three. Yeah, combo. yeah, yeah, and they've uh, they've finally come back around. I think it just finished up its release, the uh, the Devastation Arc, uh, three part or three volume adventure path, um, where uh, you can take characters from level thirteen to level twenty, uh, I believe, in Starfinder. And so, yeah, it's uh, it's it's interesting. It, it definitely runs a little bit faster uh, there, but uh, yeah, there there are a few more than a few podcasts out there right now that have run um, Dead Suns all the way through um, in about the same number of episodes, maybe maybe even a few fewer. Um, but yeah, not a whole lot of whole Paizo adventure paths uh, or yeah. Pathfinder adventure paths out there just yet. Those tend to the six six books of Pathfinder is whole lot of pathfinder oh yeah Um, yeah yeah and you know we with us we've been talking about we're approaching the end of book one right and you know taking taking a bit of a break and releasing some other um probably like society scenarios or stuff like that just to kind of mix things up because i i love to play but Mm -hmm. i also love to not be stuck watching the same it's like trying to watch all of the lord of the rings through in one setting in the extended cut after a little while you're like you know what i'm I'm gonna watch i'm I'm gonna watch star wars (laughs) one star wars just to kind of mix this up a bit because this is a lot and i could use a brick yeah 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 go for a walk for 10 minutes 15 20 minutes Yeah. yeah 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 Yeah. Well, what a great uh, book one you guys picked, though. I, I think of all the Paizo adventure paths that I've read, the first book of Serpent Skull is probably one of my favorites. I don't know uh, that everyone would agree with me on that, but I feel like as a as a starting adventure, like it could almost stand on its own as just a, a module that someone could complete and then go run 
whatever adventure they wanted to after that if they didn't want to do the rest of the books. Yeah, but, no, I, I agree yeah. with that. That, yeah. that. that is a thing. It is a very self-contained uh-huh. thing that brings everybody together. And one of the things I talked about with James Schwartz was he starts a lot of his APs off at a higher level because it doesn't make sense in most adventure paths for you know the town that's in danger to be like, hey, you you greenhorns, first yeah. level. You know, you got a town full of NPCs that are three, four, fifth level. Why are you sending these guys? Right. But it was Serpent Skull. It's a shipwreck. You don't really have a lot of choice. Here you are. Here you you are. are. Yep. (laughs) Don't get eaten by the snakes. Yeah. Or (laughs) everything else on the island. Everything else. Like the people. Don't get eaten by the cannibals. That's true. Don't get eaten by the people. That's true. (laughs) So we've had a great talk. Mm -hmm. Any closing thoughts on your end, Jason? I hope that all of the folks listening uh, can find the stories that they are most interested in hearing in a way that's told that helps them feel welcome into a part of a broader community that also loves this hobby the same way that you do, right? So that we can together keep building and creating and drawing upon each other's experiences so that we can help each other tell the best stories and experience the best stories we can. Because I cannot think of too many other ways that we as humans go about becoming better humans than listening to each other's stories and sharing in and participating in them with each other. So that's what empathy, I hope we can do. Empathy breeds compassion. Yeah, right? Let's yeah. let's make that happen. So, yeah. 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 And I, I know one of my favorite things is when I hear from a listener... Like yeah. when we get a message from somebody who's like, yeah, like uh, the other day, you know, we were making jokes about elephant eminemas. Okay. Yeah, don't ask. It just happened. Right. I, yeah. I'm sure they have to exist. Yeah, probably. Well, I mean, they do. You can want to see them. And we got a, I got contacted by a listener who's like, yeah, you know, I worked as a zookeeper for five years and everything you said is entirely accurate. And I was just yeah. like, okay. Yeah. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> cool. <laughs> So, I mean, like, having that connection, you know, I, I had no idea that this person was a listener. Then he's just like, hey, I got you. I got you, fam. And yeah. I was just like, uh, like, we just, there it is. There's another yeah. connection, another bridge. This is another one of those patented awkward endings where I, I try to segue into a sign-off. And I'm just going to say thank you very much, all of all of our listeners, all of the bashers out there. Yeah. Please, if you find the, the What Do You Do podcast, uh, What Do You Do Twitter feed, Give it a follow and a like and uh, retweets and everything because he is doing the Lord's work for all of us little Paizoverse ones and some of the bigger Paizoverse ones. Thanks. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, you know. yeah. The Twitter handle is at What Do You Do Pods P O D S uh, at the end. And uh, yeah, I um, if you are looking for uh, a way to find your next favorite adventure being run by a group that's out there having fun with it uh, i would love to help connect uh connect you to that adventure so yeah yeah the only rule is there's two rules one you have to be nice yes two you can't substitute uh, another podcast for shield bash you have to continue listening to shield bash (laughs) please do yeah add to that please just remember that expand expand the groups that you're listening to because uh yeah there's a there's an awesome community that's out there and we want to help support each other yeah well thank you very much listeners and we will see you next time awesome
拜拜。Shield Bash is made in association with Knights of the Octagon and Farmageddon Gaming Convention. Find us online at shieldbash.net, on Facebook at Shield Bash, on Twitter at Bash Shield, and on YouTube at Shield Bash. Music by Lee Rosevere. Serpent Skull and Pathfinder are the property of Paizo Publishing Incorporated. Leave a comment on iTunes for a chance to hear us read it out on the podcast. Questions and comments can be sent to shieldbashpodcast at gmail.com.